Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach. And I'm Michael Hoffa. And today's episode is Lessons from God. The verse related to this episode is James 1, 2 to 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let's get to the questions. Question one, how can we apply the lessons that God teaches us to our daily lives? Well, the way I look at it, Michael, is we all have challenges in life, and those challenges help us grow. And when you actually go through struggles, challenges, things in life, you actually can see what God is doing in your life. And when you face stuff, obstacles, all kinds of stuff that we have, there's a lot of times that people uh, get lost in their struggles and they don't ever really understand how God is working in their life and doing what he does to uh, line up with their, pl- with their plan for their life. Right. So some people don't realize that the lessons that he gives you are the ones that you need, not the ones that you want. So for example, there was a time where I decided that I wasn't going to go to church anymore. And this is not too long ago. I was in Milford. Um, and I was sitting there and everything kept pointing to him. And one day I was driving down the road and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to listen to Christian music again, radio best friend. Um, and that's usually how I get my answers from him. And the first song one Saturday night, it was take or church, take me home by Cochran and co. And it talks about like going back to church where I belong and being around the people that I need. And I literally bawled. I cried in the car the entire time. And I was like, I need to go to church tomorrow. And so I ended up getting up, getting my Bible and driving 35 minutes to the church I was attending before I moved to Milford. And I had some struggles in my life. Uh, the number one, one that actually was my hardest struggle was giving to others. Uh, as I've gotten older, that has gotten a lot better. And I feel as though the feeling that I get when I do give to somebody, um, I kind of resonate on that instead of focusing on, uh, the person. If the feeling comes from God that I should do something or put my heart to something, then I go for it. If I don't have that feeling, then I I have discernment and stay away from it. So, yeah, definitely. It's you're following that feeling rather than what your thoughts are, because I know some people have negative thoughts towards doing something or positive thoughts, but it's not always in the best intention, regardless of which way. Yeah. And I, what I see it as is that we get our feelings involved. Like, we feel we need to do something instead of letting God do something through us. Right. And when we do something that God wants us to do, then we get blessings on our end from listening and obeying. Definitely. So I have another question. Why are there some lessons that seem impossible to us as Christians? Because the commandments in the Bible are very hard to stand by. There's a lot of people that, struggle with all of it they they make their own rules they kind of like that's why we have different religions right we have different religions because some people want to do this but don't want to do that so how how do you discern all that information that comes at you 
that you have the Ten Commandments, you want to live that life and you want to live like Jesus, but our whole society and our whole being is the total opposite. We we fight it every day. Definitely, and I feel like a lot of people get to that point where the fighting is too much and they are too lazy because everybody wants everything handed to them without any work. And God can't help those who don't help themselves. Exactly. And, you know, as Christians, it's very hard to live like Jesus in this world. This world's totally different than it was when biblical times happened. Um, you know, people didn't have cars. People didn't have technology. People didn't have any of the stuff we have now. All these distractions. The people look towards to get out of their head. You know, back in the day, it was all about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It was not about what, who's on social media or who's, on, who's playing a game today, who's playing softball, who's playing football, who's, who's going to uh, win the Preakness this year. Nobody even thought about that. All they had and all they wanted was to be there and live for God. And we've lost that which we need to get back to it. Right, yeah. And that was in Romans 12, too, about how people shouldn't conform to the world. Because, like you said, it's distractions, and people do it because it's easy. And everybody's going to do something that's easy. If you can go to work and sit all day and watch videos, easy, but that's not reality. So people need to look at it like that. God is going to give you a job, and you need to perform that job to the best of your ability. In order to do that, you have to follow God. God's rules, just like your work rules. Yeah, and people today, the work ethic is atrocious. Pe- people are on their phones all the time. You walk through uh, s- somewhere to get check- checked out, there's people on their phone. They don't even recognize you come up to the counter half time. But all that, if you wanted to, to really live like Jesus, would you go up to them and say, hey, is that really what God wants you to be in doing while you're at work? Yeah, definitely. And it actually brings me to a thought about when I didn't want to listen to him. And I was being bitter. I was being unforgiving. And one night I was sitting at home just relaxing. And a friend of mine back home that I haven't talked to in years ended up reaching out to me. And he was telling me how he wants to forgive my brother. Well, I was like, I'm not forgiving him because it's the same brother I have issues with. And so I've, I've always said, I'm never going to forgive him. I don't care. I hate him. He's did me dirty. He did the family dirty. So I was stubborn and I was stuck in my way and I'm not going to do it. But the next day at church, our pastor was preaching and it was nothing to do with forgiveness at all. And I was sitting there and I'm listening, taking my notes. And the next thing I know, he took a left field and started talking about forgiveness. And I'm like, I think he's talking about me. And I was praying to God. I'm like, please don't have him call me out in front of the church or point at me or say, let me talk to you after church. But it got me thinking because he was talking about forgiveness and how I was being stubborn in my own ways. And then I ended up getting that guilty feeling in my chest. Like I have to forgive him. And all my like hatred went away. And the lesson is that I got to be more forgiving for those that have done me wrong. So what would you say to someone that is really struggling with like a lesson that God is like placing in front of them? That everyone is God's children. And if you see that everybody is God's children, then you would see that everybody has God in them. And doing so, would you treat God like that? 
That's a good way to look at it, actually. And forgiveness is what God wants us to do for everybody. There should never be anything that's unforgiven. Uh, even though somebody did you wrong, you're supposed to love thy enemy. So yeah, and that's one of the Ten Commandments: is mm-hmm. love yourself or love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that one is what helped me be more forgiving towards my brother and family. Um, because like I said, it's hard to get past something if you have your eyes closed. So people need to open their eyes to God's plan and his lessons for us. Yes. And so you have some questions for me. Yes, I do. Um, my first question is what can we learn from challenges God gives us? So something that I've learned personally, and I think a lot of people can relate is it helps build character. So it makes you more humble. It makes you a kinder person. So for example, the lesson I just shared about my brother, the lesson was I need to be more forgiving, more understanding, and that's character. Another thing is patience. A lot of people want it now, 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 but that's not how the lessons work. Sometimes lessons are for the future. It can come at any minute. And I think people need to realize that it's not always right then and there that he has a plan. It might be coming up at any moment. Yeah, and I see it that way too. Um, Struggles, challenges, any of those things that we go through in life, um, lack of self-esteem, personal issues, afflictions from other people, all that comes into play in what we were just talking about and how God basically helps us grow. The thing is, we need to view what happens in our life as growing experiences, not as something that is bringing us down, making us less worthy. It's there to help build us up, but we view it in the wrong way. We view it as a negative and not a positive. And if you turned everything into a positive of everything that happens in your life, even if somebody passes away, somebody gets cancer, there's a reason why that's happening. Um, God has a plan for everybody, and including the person that is that passed away, the person that has cancer, the person that got a divorce. God had a plan for all of it. And you may have been the person that actually wanted to do what you wanted to do, and God's trying to bring you back to your plan. Yeah, and as you were saying that, I can visualize like when you're riding a bike and you fall, what do you learn? Balance. So I think a lot of people need to pay more attention to God's plan for everything. So that's my input. Yeah. And that that being said, if you the easiest way to look at it is if you think of everything that happens in your life is temporary and positive, your life will be so much easier. The problem is we all go just like I told you before on one of our episodes. Yeah, there's, we each have twelve to 60,000 thoughts every day. If you have ADHD, it's between 60 and 180,000 thoughts. And that's me. And if you have that, 80% of your thoughts are negative, and 90% of those are repetitive. So we only have 20% of our thought process as being positive, and only 10% non-repetitive. So if we could change that to more positive and less negative, we would be able to see God's plan a lot easier. Like you said before, there's purpose in the pain. Correct. 
So what are some individuals in the Bible that learn lessons from God? So one that I really like have like a heart wrenching for is Abraham. So this is in Genesis 22. And I was reading it and my heart just was like, dang, that like that hurts because he was told by God to go up the mountain, build a temple and sacrifice his favorite kid. And I was like, he's not going to do it. So I kept reading, kept reading. And I'm like, he's going to disobey God. But he didn't. He went up there, tied his son up, got ready to light the match. And an angel of the Lord came down and was like, whoa, stop. So Abraham stopped. And the angel was like, you showed your obedience. So don't sacrifice your son. Sacrifice the ram instead. So he ended up sacrificing the ram. But Abraham learned, the lesson was obedience. He learned obedience. He learned about faith because he had so much faith in God that he was going to sacrifice his son. He trusted in God's plan for what he was doing with that demand from God. Yeah, and that's a true testament of Abraham being um, 100% trusting in the Lord at all the way up to when his son was get, about to be killed. Uh, and God was like, all right, you're obedient. I'm not going to sacrifice your son. You're going to sacrifice the ram. Definitely. And I don't want people to count up their lessons because they might think their lesson's small, but God has a bigger outcome with all lessons. So people should really remember that and keep that in mind when it comes to lessons that are presented to them. And my favorite uh, person in the Bible is Joseph. They called him the man of coat of many colors. Also, he interpreted dreams. He was able to... Uh, he was sleeping and came, woke up and had a dream about his brothers bowing down to him. He didn't know. He was only 17 years old, but he had the dream, told his brothers about it. They were like, eh, this fool. But he actually had another dream and the same thing. He came out. He's like, guys, I had another dream. You guys going to bow down to me. But they were like, oh, who's this fool going to be? saying that, that I'm bowing down to him. This is his older brothers. So they're like, they planned a scheme to uh, try to kill him. So they threw him in the cistern and beat him up, threw him in the cistern. Then all of a sudden they saw a pharaoh going by and they were actually like, ooh, let's not kill him. Let's sell him to slavery. So they sold him to, to the pharaoh. He got put in jail. So they put him in jail. Um, so... He actually was able to get out and become, because of telling uh, dreams, he was able to get out and uh, be a servant for one of the pharaohs. Happened to be that the wife was interested in Joseph and wanted to sleep with him. But Joseph wasn't happy. He's like, I already been sold to slavery once. I'm, I'm, I got out. I'm not doing that again. But she tried to corner him and try to get him to sleep with her and he ran away and next thing you know she raped she she went to uh potiphar which is the guy's name and said that man tried to rape me so he got thrown back in jail again so this is the second time he's been in jail and, and he's only in in his teens but then when he was put in jail this time there was a cupbearer and a uh, baker that actually were in jail with them. And they had these dreams while they're in jail. And Joseph could have been, you know, 
kind of bitter after all the stuff that's happened to him, but he still did what God gave his purpose for to tell dreams, interpret dreams. So they told him their dreams and he said, sorry, Baker, three days from now, you're going to get uh, impaled with a sword and killed. Cupbearer, you're going to get out and you're going to be free. And the cupbearer goes, hey, what can I do for you? He goes, remember me when you get out. So I, I can get out as well. Next thing you know, cupbearer goes out. Two years go by. Don't remember him at all. Forgets about Joseph. Then a pharaoh had a dream. And nobody could interpret it. Nobody in the, in the land could interpret it. But the cupbearer goes, hey, I know this guy in jail. That could help you. So they cleaned him up, dressed him up, brought him up to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the dream. He actually goes, you're going to have seven years of feast and seven years of famine. You need to be prepared. So the Pharaoh, because of what he interpreted, he actually became second in command, which put him in place in God's plan to be there to save his family from the famine. So, if you go back through the whole story, the first part, he was betrayed by his brothers. The second part, he was blamed by Potiphar's wife. The, the third part, he was bypassed by the cupbearer for two years sitting in jail that the guy forgot about him. But he could be, in the end, bitter, but he wasn't. He still was able to look past it and see what God was doing in his life over the span of time that it was. I believe it was like 18 years that the span of time that he, from when he went from prison to the palace and he still was able to be used by God. And I feel as though if we all lived like that and not let all this little stuff bother us and all this little things, um, influence our God's plan, we would do and be a whole different society. The thing is, is that a lot of people can sit in bitterness People can sit and blame. People can sit in bypass and people can sit in betrayal. And any of those seats are lifelong seats. They're, they're, they're anytime you could sit in them. But it's how you navigate between those things to have God work you into the plan that you're for and see where God's taking you. That is a gift that you need to, to see where he's going with everything. He never got mad, never got upset. He just still stayed the course and did everything he needed to do for God. And it's crazy that like you never expect people you interact with ever will come back into play. So like the cupbearer, many years later, came back into play by God's plan, and Joseph never expected that. So it's just crazy that people will see someone on the side of the road, have the smallest interaction, but you never know, you might see them again and they might be part of your plan. Yeah, I, in my life, I've seen a lot of that. I've been some places like I was over in New Jersey and driving down the road and I was like, I feel like I've been here before. And all of a sudden, I run into somebody that lives in that area that I meet years later. It's just weird how life is. I've actually been um, traveling and run into people I, I've, I've known from years ago that I'd never seen for years. And then God puts that person there in that place 
and you never know why they put he puts them there it's like almost like everything's perfectly planned and perfectly orchestrated it's sort of like when you go and watch a a play it's what god's doing behind the curtain when the curtain's closed that we don't see and if we could see it it's a well-fine orchestra of plans yeah and like you said putting people into play like my friend who reached out to me after years he was put in play to remind me that forgiveness is key and that i shouldn't be bitter towards my brother this is our lift up moment the idea that god's teachings often involves discipline the promise of ease after hardship and the importance of maintaining equanimity in the face of life's challenges it's worth exploring your own religious text for further insight into God's lessons from God that resonates within you. This brings us to our announcements. If you're interested in coming to our show or being a guest, you can reach us at liftupnations at gmail.com or at our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And also, if you are interested in coming on the show for a testimony or a live baptism at Lewis Beach, we can be reached at liftupnations at gmail.com or our social media outlets. Let's pray. Dear God, please lift and take away our misunderstandings of the challenges that you give us. Open our eyes to understand that those challenges come with lessons that are meant for your good and the good of your people. Give us the ability to apply these lessons in our everyday lives I pray that even the most impossible lessons are seen and revealed as good for us. And I pray that they don't take these lessons for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. And also, we are accepting donations through our Spotify account. There's a link that can be found on our profile. And all the donations that come to us, 100% of the profits are going back into the community to help support our community, help raise them up, and to help spread the gospel so that everybody can hear the word of God. Until next time, God bless. God bless.